Just a quick PSA before we get started on today's episode. Uh, I'm currently in the process of moving, and so I don't have all of my audio equipment set up how I would like it to, and so my audio just sounds trash throughout the uh, duration of this episode. Um, It's still listenable, but it definitely does not sound up to our normal quality, so I apologize for that and uh, hope you guys can uh, just power through it and enjoy the episode uh, because it's a really good one and we had a lot of fun recording um, and it's been a while so without further ado let's get into it what is up everybody and welcome in to another edition of return of the war podcast chris watkins frankie cardicelli joining now wait a minute wait a minute chris watkins <laughs> I thought it was Chris Wojnowski. Wojkins. Chris, <laughs> Wa- the Watt bombs are being dropped this morning. Chris Watkins, ladies and gentlemen, if if you didn't see, was uh, scouring the the YouTube the YouTube yeah. sphere this morning and saw that the uh, the Sacramento Kings. I don't know if it was intentional or if they put a YouTube video on public that was supposed to be private. But Chris Watkins got a little scoop this morning that Katie Christensen Hunter. The newest color commentator for the Sacramento Kings, Chris. Congrats on the scoop, dude. Thanks, man. Yeah, I really, I, I, uh, I don't really know if I would call it a scoop. I'll, I'll call it capitalizing on someone's mistake. But uh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll take it. Whatever, I'll take credit for it. it dude, it's, it's an interesting the, feeling. <laughs> I'm telling you, those are the ones. And again, Chris and I were were, were very new to covering the the Kings and being, uh, you know, part of the media, if you want to call it that. But we don't have our our uh, our bevy of source. We don't have a bunch of sources here. People we can reach out to for for tidbits. And uh, last night, Carmichael Dave tweeted out the smiley face. Which, if you follow Carmichael Dave on Twitter, you know that when he tweets a smiley face, something's coming. Some news is coming. So I think uh, Chris, last night you said that you had a, a hunch it was going to be for a new color commentator. And um, I know that we we talked about before. Katie seemed like the the, the logical choice. She's on staff. She has been a, a, a WNBA player. She's been with the Kings for about a decade, I think now, maybe more. So um, how do you feel about that move? Like, are you cool with, with the Katie move? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy for it. Uh, I'm definitely, you know, Katie, like you said, she's been, she's been doing Kings content forever. I mean, I remember uh, her codes and I think Jay Ross might've been on the, uh, 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 like a post game King show that they used to do up in Arco up in the, uh, that club, like, I don't even know. I was I was never old enough to even go up there, but you know me either. Was, me either. I think it was literally called Club Arco, or something like that. Definitely correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, I was never old enough to go up there. It always looked cool, but they used to host the post game show up there. So um, I think she took a little break to go work with the Phoenix Suns, I believe, and then came back uh, in the late 2000s, uh, later of the 2010s. Um, and yeah, it's just, you know, she, she's, she's definitely earned it. She, she, she's put in her, her work, dues. you know, she, she's a great sideline, um, reporter and, and it'll be, uh, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see her, uh, to do the, uh, the play by play definitely, you know, yeah, there was, there was a lot of options. I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, we, we speculated, you know, Jim Jackson's a former player. If the Kings really wanted to swing for the fence or something, you know, not, not to, you know. Chris Weber would have been amazing. Who knows how realistic that could have been, but um, Katie definitely put in her dues and, and uh, I'm, I'm glad to see her at least get a shot, you know, that well, what's a really, really what, big opportunity. And 
you know, she's more than prepared for it. Oh, for sure. And, and again, like yeah, Chris Weber, those guys, great. Uh, Katie also is a person though, like where she knows the fan base. She knows the fan base. She's been here. She knows what it, what the Kings mean to Sacramento. She has been through only bad times with the Kings. I don't think yeah. she's been a part of the, of the organization since they were a winning franchise. I think she, I remember she was on house party live, like with Coe's back in, I want to say like 2010, 2009, maybe even she's been around for a minute. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited for, for the opportunity for Katie and uh, the Kings keep it in house. I wonder if that means Cozumore moves up to the pregame. That remains to be seen. We'll have to see how that full unfolds, but I know Cozumore really um, was kind of, I don't know about upsets the right word, but it seemed like he definitely wanted to be at the games more than he was. Uh, and obviously Kyle Draper coming over was, was a great, great signing too. But um, I think Kings fans will be happy to have Coe's back in the house too. Yeah. I remember the one game, I think Coe's only did one game last year of the play by play and everyone was commenting. I mean, it's nothing new, but Coe's was amazing. So more, more Coe's Coe's is fun. Uh, Coe's gets it, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, the the king's uh king's broadcast team is is putting putting together quite a squad quite a squad speaking of squads being put together uh it seems like the king's squad has been put together oh you mean they're on the court squad on the court squad the, the it seems like the moves are done i mean i think we we can all but assume unless something earth shattering happens with the ben simmons talks uh this is it this is their team uh, it's a really dead time in the off season right now. There's really nothing going on. I think Kings fans are kind of grasping at straws with, with, uh, things to talk about the Ben Simmons chatter has just overtaken every aspect of, of King social media. And I think people are really getting tired of it. I'm personally tired of it as well. So if you're, if you're tuning in to hear Chris and I talk about the Ben Simmons possibilities, it's just not going to be that kind of an episode, but, yeah. um, basically, I mean, yeah. We should mention it like we didn't record last week. It was because pretty yeah. much the only content that we could have given you was Ben Simmons talk. And we kind of talked about it and we were like, well, we kind of have talked about this like two or three times already. Are we really just going to regurgitate like and obviously by now nothing has still happened. So it would have just kind of been a waste of an episode. And, you know, instead of instead of just just churning an episode out for you all, we wanted to uh, make sure we actually had something to talk about. Yeah, we we didn't want to be, I don't know, bleak, like the bleak content and, and spinning our wheels. And we had that cool draft. Go check out the the Kings all-time draft from yeah. last episode if you haven't heard it. But uh, I don't need to sit here and talk about what Ben Simmons would do with De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton. We've, we've, everyone has talked about that. Uh, we know that Ben Simmons, he's not going to report to training camp. We know that Philadelphia does not like the Kings offer and that's where we are right now. It's it's could that change? Sure. But for now, the roster's set. Uh and I want to ask you Chris off this just basically this knee jerk reaction, is this team better than last season on opening night? Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh just in terms of I mean, it's we've talked about this before, but but the depth at the start of last season was non-existent i mean glenn robinson um was cut like within like three weeks of the season starting and he was someone who we thought was going to be a major bench contributor um you know the, the kings lacking any sort of real uh true big man like an alex len um 
it's just a lot of things, you know, Terrence Davis, just the additions um, that they've made uh, to in, in, improve the quality of the depth of the team. For sure, it's a better team. It's marginally better. Um, like, I don't even know if they've really improved their their seeding at all. You know, they were, what, an 11th seed or 12th seed last year? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we've talked about they're, they're probably still going to be fighting for that, that, uh, that last playing spot. Um, I, I don't think that they've improved the roster enough to be confident, uh, that they'll definitely get one of those spots. Yeah, it's really, I mean, I, I feel like, no, I, I, I feel, I feel pretty similar. Are they better than last year in opening night? Yeah. I think you can definitely say that they've added more depth to the roster. It's basically the same, like starting lineup, same team. It's, 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 they're a year older, uh, I guess situations have changed in the sense of that we expect Tyrese to start and Buddy to come off the bench. But I would argue that, I mean, that, again, shows the improvement of this year's team over last. Uh, and, uh, you know, yeah, it's it's kind it's not really a rinse and repeat, but it, it I mean, it really it, if you combine the last two seasons teams, that's this year's team. Like, yeah, so they took the bay, you know, they, they got rid of Baysmore and kind of replaced him with like a Mo Harkless and Alex Len is obviously back. Um, just, you know, it's it's which 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 are improvements. I mean, Mo Harkless is, is arguably a, 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 Mitchell is kind of like an ideal version of Corey Joseph. <laughs> Davion Mitchell is exactly what the Kings envision Corey Joseph being, which is a lockdown backup guard. And we, we got younger. Uh, Hassan Whiteside is off the roster. Uh, I mean, yeah, Namias Keita is just a younger Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, and more, more mobile from what I yeah. saw in, in, yeah. in Summer League. And uh, just yesterday, they, they, they inked Emmanuel Terry to a to a Exhibit 10 deal, so he'll be in Stockton. That'll be fun to watch. He was a great great player in summer league and he definitely earned his contract uh the depth is there the depth is there but again we've talked about it since we've recorded this offseason the needle pushing move it's just i don't think there's been that move that's gonna put them from the 10 11 range to the 6 7 8 range and that move not to get back in the ben simmons deal but yeah if they make that trade next week sure we'll talk about the kings are a top seven six seed in the west but uh right now like you said, Chris, it's going to be very similar to the last couple of seasons, which is we're we're looking for that plan. That 10, 11, 12 range is probably going to be exactly where we finish. Uh, and especially when you look at the fact that Minnesota, they do have some talent. Uh, D'Lo and, and, and Kat, if they could put together a full season. Uh, I know Anthony Edwards was exciting. They could be a threat to make a jump this season. San Antonio's probably not going to be up there again. They have lost everyone. I'd say DeRozan, Patty Mills, Aldridge was traded last year or was released last year. Um, I think they're Ben Simmons candidate, you know? I, I oh, was, yeah. I was just looking at their odds and I think they're uh, plus 2500. And I would take that. I mean, especially at those odds, I feel like, you know. Wouldn't that cost D'Lo? I'm just, just San Antonio, not, not Minnesota. Oh, San Antonio. I thought, yeah. like, I thought Minnesota was up there too. And I'm like, well, wouldn't that cost no. yeah. D'Lo? Well, they're tripping. I don't understand how. I mean, and they're probably saying the same thing about us here in Sacramento. Like, they won't give up Tyrese Halliburton, like, or De'Aaron yeah. Fox. But come on, like, D'Angelo Russell is like he, he is the bottom tier. Uh, he is like the definition of like a mediocre average point guard. I shouldn't say mediocre. Un- unless he's yeah. unless he's playing the Sacramento Kings. 
We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> we, which you know which, I, I which have, one? Uh, I have a take that I, that I was brewing while you were talking here. And uh, I, I don't even know. I don't believe it, but it is a take. And I feel like it's the kind of take that you have when basketball is hasn't been played for like two months. This what is good? <laughs> it's 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 not good. Okay. 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 Now bear with me here. And I know, right. I know, I trust me, I know. But like much like we weren't talking about how Harrison Barnes could just get better, and that's the thing that we weren't accounting for going into next season. We were talking about how everyone everyone could get better, but Harrison Barnes was just like, we kind of know what Harrison Barnes is. What if like Marvin Bagley is just like incredibly important to this? I mean, we know he's incredibly important to this season, but what if, you know, he's finally healthy, gives us a great seat. Like his, we're not really accounting for his added production when we talk about, I mean, and it, you know, again, I know, I know. No, I, that's not, no, I'm, I'm with you. No, I'm, I'm with not you. really talking to you. I'm talking to the people who are yelling at their phones. Oh, or however the, people the anti, the anti Bagley's, the anti MB3s. You, he has not you can't rely on him that's fine i acknowledge that like his track record has shown that you know he obviously can't string together 20 plus games but eventually i have a feeling that he will be able to play 20 consecutive basketball games and just maybe 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 fingers crossed if that is this season the we haven't we just haven't seen what he is you know and he was the second pick of that draft in an incredibly stacked draft. We forget that he was still first team all rookie in that season. So he's shown production at an NBA level that was up to tier with those guys. And it's, you know, he he has the ability to come out next season and be a real impact player, like a guy that is the second or third best player on the team. If he can, if he can string together some games and that kind of spark and 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 energizer to the team, like that could be the thing that brings them to like a seven or six seed. Oh, for sure. I a little bit laugh at because, you know, we're, we're, no, they, they I think they what you're saying is they, they if they aren't going to make any big move and, and obviously if they were to make a trade for a big player, Bagley would be included in that deal. Awesome. But they're. This is kind of what this is kind of the this is a very realistic statement. If the Sacramento Kings are going to be successful this year, Marvin Bagley needs to be the best Marvin Bagley we we've seen. We need if the Kings are going to be successful, he needs to deliver. He needs to be the number two pick they drafted in 2018, and that's not a far fetched idea at all. Like by you saying, "Hey, this could be this 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 could be the year," and it could be, and I do think it's going to happen. I do think I don't think he's ever going to be Luka Doncic or or DeAndre Ayton or Trey Young, but he could be a guy that is 18 and 10 a game. I don't, I think he's been that guy already when he's healthy and uh, obviously not playing in the fourth. That's a topic of discussion for another Mm -hmm. day and something we'll have to watch this year. Maybe he comes out and he is blocking a shot and a half a game. These are all what ifs. This is off season talk. Like you said, basketball hasn't been played (laughs) in a while. So we're going to, but no, like the, the key in point is, is, he needs to be successful for the Kings to be good. If this is the roster, Marvin Bagley is being penciled in at starting power forward. He has to produce. Yeah. And I mean, let's not forget, like I just, I just looked it up right now because I wanted to make sure I was right. Marvin Bagley is 22 years old. 
That means, I mean, I'm not great at math, but like in six years, my guy's going to be hitting 28 around his prime, should be his prime. You're trying to tell me Marvin Bagley will not be playing basketball at that point. Marvin Bagley reclassified to be in that year's draft class, was still the the best freshman in the class, got picked over sensation Luka Doncic, who we know Vladi obviously had a lot of eyes on. He saw the talent there. And, you know, we all saw that Marvin is we don't need to talk about how talented Marvin is and all the things he's shown. But just, you know, it's just frustrating because it's like it's not not frustrating for for the fan. I mean, it is frustrating for the fan base, but I mean, I don't mean frustration at the fan base. It's just it's tough when you can't even talk about the possibility of like this guy might actually help us because you just I mean, you you literally can't have the conversation without mentioning the fact that he hasn't played. It's just it's not it's irresponsible to have the com- to have a Marvin Bagley future conversation and not mention the fact that he doesn't play. Well, pe- people are very upset over the fact that we passed up Luca, and hey, that's warranted. We're, we're up. Everyone's upset about that. Everyone would rather not have Luca. Can't lie. Of course. Not- so, but when when Marvin Bagley scores, you know, he'll put up that. 25 14 game that he he does every once in a while people though that's when you see you can't help but get excited you see what he has in the tank and he's had these freak injuries with his thumb and his hand and and things like that that keep popping up but he doesn't have a degenerative knee problem he doesn't have a stress fracture in his foot like like tj warren where the kings are coming out saying hey like he no it's none of that he's had freak injuries on different parts of his body almost every time. Um, nothing chronic. So he just needs to put it together. He needs to come out, be healthy, play 65 to 70 games, and just shut everybody up. And that's what's going to shut everybody up, playing, being active, being on the floor, being available. Um, but it's going to take more than that for the Kings to be successful if he's on the team. He needs to produce. He doesn't need to come be the hero. He doesn't need to be – what, well, how did Kuzma put it? Like, I'm going to go crazy right. if I go to, if I went to sack, which we'll talk, we'll get into that in a second, but he doesn't need to go crazy. He just needs to be a serviceable power forward and do his part on both ends of the floor, but and a little bit of defense and a little bit of defense, but yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to pivot that quickly, but yeah, the Kyle Kuzma thing where he, oh, perfect. he said he was going to go. Did he say he was going to go off in Sacramento? If he was traded to Sacramento, yeah. I, um, I'm trying to find the quote, but um, he, yeah, I mean, for, for those who didn't see it, Kyle Kuzma was on, uh, I believe it was on the Gilbert Arenas um, podcast, which is, what is, what is that one called? I don't know what that one. I called. don't know. No it's chill Gil. That if it's not, it should be. Um, <laughs> it's not all the smoke. That's, that's what I know. No. Uh, so he was on Gilbert Arenas podcast talking with Kyle Kuzma, I guess, because now they're both wizards legends. Um <laughs> And Kuzma was on there talking about how pretty much uh, like everybody else, he thought that he had been traded to Sacramento uh, for Buddy Heald on that draft night fiasco that we all know and dread talking about. Uh, And Kuzma also was like, yeah, I think, um, you know, it would have been cool. I I was in Sacramento. I was like, cool. That's like 45 minutes away from Napa. uh, And I'll, I'll go stupid there or something like that. Yeah, but it was it's that, cool because I'm in a good. I'm in a. I think he said a better, better situation now uh, with Bradley Beal, who is pretty much just as like 
talked about in trades as Ben Simmons uh, is like, it doesn't seem like Brad Beal has much of a future in Washington. It seems like they're going to try and make it work for as long as possible, but we've seen here in Sacramento how that works out. So I I would uh, expect him to, to, for Beal to be gone by all-star break and Kuzma to uh, be regretting these statements very soon. Yeah. That was like the part that I kind of like, I hang on to, well, two parts, the, I was going to go crazy. It's like, no, you, you, you weren't. I mean, it's not your team. It's Darren Fox and Tyrese Halliburton. And even, I, even you can make a, a case for like Terrence. I'd rather have Terrence Davis, maybe even get shots and, and Kyle Kuzma and like at some. Kuzma, Kuzma, sure. But I, I, I would have been cool with Kuzma showing up and being like a 14 and seven kind of guy. But I said, from what it sounds like Kuzma wanted to be more of like an 18 he said he said in the offseason there's like a quote where he said he he thinks he literally can be an all-star like he he sees himself as like a perennial all-star talent like that's what he thinks it's kind of the way Willie Cauley-Stein said he would watch Kristaps Porzingis and say hey man I I know that I can do what he does I I I can I can do what he does I I have that potential and that talent no Sometimes you need to be okay with what you which what what you are. Mm-hmm. Just be okay with being a center that can hopefully block shots and, and rim run. Be okay with being a, a small forward, Kyle Kuzma, that can knock down the occasional three and, and play some defense. Uh, you don't need to come in and, and, and score twenty four a game. That's not what the Kings or Washington needs from you, because that's not who you are. Then you force, and then you shoot forty percent from the field, and Jesus, so. Nice quotes from Kyle Kuzma. What a guy. Uh, I mean, I, I can't lie. Like, I, I still definitely wish that trade went through. I think. Uh, oh, me too. I think. I don't know if the Kings, again, would have been in much better of a situation, but I would have been a lot more confident that they would have gotten that. Probably an, an eight seed at that point. I mean, uh, Montrez Harrell is, is a great energy guy. I don't think we officially know what like the do we know what the parameters of that trade was i can't remember if yeah. it was harrell and kcp or if it was going to be harrell in the 22nd i think it, it was going to be the draft pick it was going to be kuzma yeah. harrell in the 22nd which i would have taken that for yeah. sure i mean and you pretty much you, you get to put in harrell over len which mm-hmm. that's a, an improvement in my book yeah six six man of the year winner yeah i think i think Harold and Holmes are are comparable and like give you similar kind of things uh, in different ways. Uh, it, you know, there's not it's again like this is there's not even point in talking about the reality of this because no. But he, here's course. a question, just not to kind of pivot, but I, I mean, there's nothing more to talk about the Kuzma thing anyway. I just thought the comments were funny, but I had a conversation with someone on Twitter like a week or two ago. They were adamant arguing with me about how. Tristan Thompson is never going to play any power forward minutes. And I looked it up and literally half of his career has been at the power forward position. Uh, He's going to play and the Kings have Rashawn Holmes, Alex Len, Damian Jones, Nemias. I mean, he's, he's not going to probably get many minutes at the center position. Wouldn't you say that saying he's going to play zero minutes at power forward is kind of an ill statement since the Kings don't really have a backup power forward at the moment, unless Chemezi Metu is going to be getting 20 plus minutes a game. Well, a positionless basketball, dude. That's what I said. That's what I said. And the guy, the guy said, no, I'm like, well, 
yeah I mean, it, i'm kind of saying that as a troll but like also like it really like if it, it is a little bit of semantics it's like if if is the argument is, is the real argument like hey if tristan thompson's out there he's going to be the only big out there because if he's out there with damian jones like what's or if he's out there alex with, Len. you know yeah if he's out there with alex Len, i mean he's probably the power forward in that situation but if it's Tristan Thompson and Rashawn, like, does it really matter? Like, they're, they're no, both no. kind which they're is, big men who are clogging up the same space. Like, that's which is, really- which, no, yeah, which is my point. And, yeah. and then the person said, when has Luke Walton ever played two players in the floor at the same, like, two bigs that can't shoot? I said, my guy, Marvin Bagley and Rashawn yeah. Holmes are in the starting lineup for the last two yeah. seasons. And Marvin improved his three-point shot, but he, I wouldn't consider him a knockdown no. shooter. And then he never responded. But the, my point is, the second unit right now, in my eyes, and I want to know if you agree with it, uh, it's going to be Davion Mitchell, one of Buddy Heelder, Tyrese Halliburton, Mo Harkless, Tristan Thompson, and Alex Len. That just seems to be the second unit. You, like, you could make an argument that Terrence Davis could play over Mo Harkless, though. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of said, like, I don't think, like, it's not really, like, basketball doesn't really work that perfectly anyway. Like, there's not really, there's never hockey substitutions where it's, like, squad for squad. So it ends up never really mattering like that. Yeah, they're not on the floor at the same time. Yeah, you end up stacking, you know, like I said, if Tristan Thompson's playing, like, he'll probably... Is he the the real conversation? Is will he be playing with a Mo Harkless? Will he be playing with? Because that's the thing is they're not going to. There's rotations like things that it's a, it might seem random if you're not paying attention, but like there's there's equate like people come in in staggered forms so that um, you know I don't think I'm even breaking. This isn't news. Like it's, no, I'm more just saying like people. It, it doesn't really matter. Like the bench is the bench, and those are the options. I'm not trying to poo-poo on your question, but like, yeah, I think that's probably, you know, the rotation. I don't know. I would say you kind of put like, you have to put Mo Harkless slash Tristan Thompson at the four. Cause I'm sure if they're going to play a backup at that position, you know, someone who's not, I'm and this is again, assuming Marvin Bagley starts, I assume he does. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if Mo Harkless starts at four and well, Marvin Bagley comes like, off the bench? That that could definitely happen. That could definitely happen because there is a scenario where and in a bench in a in a, in a, in a are playing together. Like, I mean, imagine yeah. a scenario where the bench has Buddy Heald and Marvin in the same lineup. Like, if if you want to give, I mean, it probably should. I if I don't want to say right? well, again. Starting starting is semantics. Like, it yes, kind of doesn't matter. It's more who are you giving 30 minutes a game to or 28 minutes a game to. And yeah, I think if you're trying like if you're trying to win the game, you can't really we saw last like you can't have Buddy and Marvin on the floor at the same time. Like those no. are two defensive liabilities. Buddy was really good at the start of last year in terms of his effort. It definitely tailed off as the season went on. Um, but yeah, if you're gonna have Mar- Buddy, who just is a turnstile and lets people go by defensively, and Marvin, who doesn't protect the rim and also has terrible footwork, like y- you're you're not going to be able to survive playing three on five defensively. Which is why, like a bench unit, where exactly you, where you Marvel, where, where, well, 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 Marvin Marvin Bagley putting him in against some other team's bench big, that's that's an advantage. But again, while starting is is it's semantics and stuff like that, it's 
Marvin Bagley and Buddy Heal both look at coming off the bench, I think, as just a slap in the face. A lot of which players is, do it. It makes sense. I mean, it definitely makes sense. I, I get why people feel that way, but you should be a pro and 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 deal with it. But it's tough to, when you're, A, being paid that much, and, B, you're on a bad team. It's just – if because it's, again, like the look of – but he doesn't want to, oh, you're a bench player for that team. That sucks. Like, that must mean that you can't even crack the starting. Like, you must suck if you yeah. can't start on the sucky team. And it's more, you know, these guys, obviously, you know, we suck, we've we seen these guys work out with other NBA guys. And it's just, it's all ego. That's all it is. They're, these guys make a lot of money and, you know, rightfully so. Like, it's competition. These guys are at the highest level of competing and, and, there there's a lot of ego involved i'm sure you know buddy healed and, and tyrese are are good are good have a good working relationship but uh you know i i'm, I'm sure buddy's not not thrilled about the situation in total. well what well buddy said that thing to tyrese last year about how you're coming off the bench bro or or somehow starting and tyrese is like i don't like i don't really care like whatever they want and buddy's like man what do you, what do you mean like you should be starting I think it was when Fox was out. And uh, anyways, hey, the, the the team is what it is right now. There's, I don't know how the, we got there, but you know. I mean, it's off season, but that's kind of more venting on my part because I promise you there's going to be a time where Brashawn Holmes, Tristan Thompson, and or Alex Len, two of those three are going to be on the floor at the same time for at least one minute. And then that will automatically prove that person wrong. So yeah. hope you're listening, friend. Um, Anyways, pretty much the only other storyline we have to didn't even get this is the no pun intended the biggest storyline that was that's what I was getting to that's what I was getting to do you want to do you want to finish your pun you're the swole no go ahead no uh, speaking of big of uh, you know De'Aaron Fox what's going on dude. Well, we're we're about to find out because the second part of the story of for a everyone who didn't see a deer and fox uh, is cut. That fool is swole. Uh, like he posted a picture on Instagram, posted it on Twitter. He knew what he was doing. He was thirst trapping hard. Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah. NBA fan thirst trapping. I should be clear. Deer's it worked. Seems happily married, but uh, <laughs> or engaged. I don't. I don't know. Whatever. Anyways. I'm- uh yeah it doesn't matter uh but you know yeah De'Aaron Fox was was NBA thirst trapping and posted a shirtless picture of him working out and and he he's not that uh that was he 19 when he came in 19 year old kid anymore like good on him man like the he, he finished last season attacking the rim like uh like and and an all NBA level he was you know he was had what, 50 point game last season um 44 i think yeah and yeah if he is going to legitimately like be that big during the season because obviously you know nba guys run a lot and lose a ton of weight during the season if he can stay that big and, and keep that weight on he can be a real real problem moving forward last year he was listed as six foot three 185 there is no chance in hell he is 185 anymore. Yeah. He's got to be at least pushing 200. Yeah. And that is a problem, like you said, because we saw Drew Holiday would just punish him in the paint last year. Or the last couple of years when Milwaukee would Milwaukee or New Orleans would come to town because Drew Holiday loves to post up. And 
I think Kyle Lowry is another guard who likes to post up those, you know, the, the thicker guards in the league and De'Aaron now is going to kind of say, Hey, no, not, not, yeah. not here. Not in our It'll paint. Because he, yeah, defensively, like we've been kind of waiting for De'Aaron to be that guy. I mean, we, he, he seems to have good defensive instincts. He seems to have the effort. He definitely cares. But the results haven't really been there. We talked about last season a lot, how there was like specifically that Kobe White, Zach Levine, 30 each piece, 30 piece each. I don't know how I would say that. They each had 30. And, uh, you know, there were a couple games last year where the guards were just killing us. CJ and Dame, obviously. Um, And we were wondering, where is is this De'Aaron Fox defense that, that we were kind of hoping would develop? And with this weight gain, I mean, I think he can really st- – I mean, we see how Davion Mitchell uses his body to, to defend people. If De'Aaron can really get into people and, and hold his own, that could be scary. With his speed, too, that's the thing. I mean, that's that's usually uh, the thing – the reason so- why really fast people don't like to get big is because it will slow them down and, and weigh them down. So if, if he's still able to have his elite, elite speed and, and put some muscle on – Gonna be a problem. That'll be something to watch for sure. The the speed because he he sized up and that's cool, man. Because he he will be able to. He already was one of the league leaders in getting to the line and absorbing contact. And like we've said over and over, he's a good faller, very good at falling. Um, the speed we have to hope the speed stays up. Even if he slows down a tick, he's still gonna be one of the top five fastest guards in the league. But uh, good on De'Aaron. Hope the test comes back negative for any juicing. I also, I hate to mention this, but also a big thing with weight gain is we have to watch for injuries because uh-huh. it, it really like when you gain weight and especially if you, I don't know his workout plan, but I, is, if you put on weight fast, like that, in, if your body's not ready for that kind of impact, that level of impact that it hasn't had that kind of weight bared on it before things can go bad pretty quick. So yeah. that's also, again, I hate to mention it. Um, you know, no, it's a good point. Not not to get into the Yankees, but Giancarlo Stanton, uh, he was, he still is, but was just a mat like the Hulk, like he was yeah. like the Hulk or or Thor, just huge, and he suffered a lot of like neck strains, back strains, uh, bicep strains. He had all these injuries pop up over twenty eighteen and nineteen, uh, and last season he started doing yoga and stretching, and he's kind of ease off the weightlifting. And he's played in over a hundred. I don't know. He's been very healthy. So yeah, putting on a bunch of size like that uh, when you've been skinny for most of your life and you have to adapt. We'll see how it works out. Uh, yeah. But what I'm knocking on wood. John Carlos Stanton, De'Aaron Fox, equal equal mass. Yep. I bet De'Aaron could could mash some homers. Yeah. Oh, can I mention by the way? I love that Aaron Judge John Carlo T-Mobile commercial. It is funny. Yeah. Oh, the, <laughs> I hate little league. I hate little league pitching every just night. Slush those pitchers. Just crush those pitchers. Just, oh yeah, this is just great. Gone, <laughs> gone forever. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not enjoying the Yankees right now, though. So let's not talk about right. them blowing a wild card lead. Um, is there anything else we want to talk about? What's up? I said they're not the only ones. The Oakland A's are. Rugby. Oh yeah. The the wild card in the American League is just a it's a crapshoot. The Red Sox, Yankees, A's, Blue Jays, Mariners. It's like a five team race now with three weeks left. It's going to be very. I'll be gray by October first. Um, 
the only thing, uh, the team working out together, I have that, that, that the, uh, I mean, yeah. I mentioned it a little bit, just, um, it seems like, uh, Tyrese, <clears throat> Davion Mitchell, uh, Damian Jones, Trist- Tristan, Tristan, Tristan was, was out there. Mo Harkless was out there. I think I've seen Buddy Heald out there. Uh, I feel like I'm missing somebody, but uh, a, a bunch of Kings have been working out together. I, I think with Rico Hines, uh, it mm-hmm. seems. Uh, I see Josh Primo out there, the uh, San Antonio Spurs draft pick. Uh, Malachi Flynn, the Raptors. Toronto Raptors. Yeah, drafted him last year. Just a bunch of a bunch of Kings guys working out with uh, Rico during the offseason. Uh, just wanted to mention that, you know, love to see that because obviously oh, yeah. Rico has an amazing track record, especially during the summer of, of having guys – transform their games over you know definitely i'm sure even rico especially rico would tell you that is is a grind it's a daily daily grind but and it takes time over years but uh yeah you know just love to see the team working out with with elite trainers over the camaraderie is great it's great to see uh (laughs) the king's chemistry i know we've seen the the twitter dad stuff and De'Aaron and marvin have of (laughs) of a rumored rift follow De'Aaron's dad, please. Yeah, follow De'Aaron's dad. Favor and follow De'Aaron's dad because that fool is wild. He is tweeting some, some. Uh, I know. I think De'Aaron got on him because he erased that tweet. He did. About, uh-huh. That was hilarious. It was like the <laughs> do do you like sexting? Yeah, and he said yes. <laughs> I think De'Aaron shut him down because you 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 had the. the the nice Jesus Christ, De'Aaron Fox tweet from last time, ready to go. Ooh. Oh man, yeah, uh, not great. The Twitter stuff, uh, Mr. Fox, free because of uh, Twitter super followers now. You what? You know, we can't. We can no longer say how is this app free with Twitter because oh yeah, super followers now. There are super follows, so well, give us a super follow. Then what is it like a dollar? You have to be like like partnered with Twitter. I don't want to do that. I know Josiah Johnson is. Uh, no, yeah. uh, camaraderie's great. Like I was saying, though, the, the De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley stuff, they have like that rumored rift. But winning solves all problems in my book, or most of them. So if the Kings are successful, things are going to be fine. But seeing the team work out together is a great start. Um, anyways... Yeah, let's do, uh, we wanted to do this fun thing. I don't know if this is what you were going to get to, but... Uh, uh, you know, I we said earlier we weren't going to talk about Ben Simmons. Well, we have two. We have two examples. Yeah. If if we're gonna get into the Ben Simmons stuff, the most and again, some people out there probably know other trades that came up recently that are more comparable. But the one, the two that stick out to me and you, Chris, I think you brought these up was Car- Carmelo Anthony when he was traded from Denver to the Knicks, Paul George when he was traded from uh from the Pacers to OKC. Like this is kind of a similar situation. Paul George, when he got traded from Indiana, was 26. Uh, I want to say Mello was also like 26, 27. And I know that Ben Simmons is 25. Yeah, Mello was 26 when he was traded. So when you talk about returns, I know the Kings have offered Marvin Bagley, Buddy Heald, and what, four firsts? Um, well, uh, back in 2011, Carmelo Anthony was traded in a three-team deal to the New York Knicks. The Knicks sent Wilson Chandler, Raymond Felton, Danilo Gallinari, Timothy Mozgov, 
cash, multiple second round picks, multiple first round picks. Those first round picks turn it into Dario Saric, but that was traded later on. And then the pick they kept, though, Denver, was a 2016 first round pick. Do you know what that pick was, Chris? What year was it? One more time. 2016 first round pick. Chris Daps, Sports Angus. The Denver, Denver selected oh, Jamal Denver Murray. Selected. Oh, Jamal, Jamal Murray with that pick. Wow. So, for reference, what, so what's what that whole trade? That whole trade is way too long to read because a couple other teams did their own stuff. But the key, case in point is New York got mellow. And in return for Melo, they sent Wilson Chandler, Raymond Felton, Danilo Gallinari, Timofey Mozgov, multiple second rounders and multiple first rounders. One of those turned into Jamal Murray. So if you look at the the haul the Kings are trying to send, it's not all that different for for someone like Ben Simmons, where Melo was, I think, even more like he was in a better talent than mm-hmm. Ben Simmons was right now when he was 26. Wouldn't you say Melo was? Yeah, that was like a top five player. They were probably in similar situations at the point where Carmelo, everyone knew Melo wanted out and wanted specifically to go to New York. And so that's kind of where New York probably had to give up a little bit more than what the Kings ideally should. But you can contrast that with the fact that Ben Simmons has four years left on his deal. And so that kind of adds a whole lot of value to that because Denver essentially was was. I mean, the Knicks had no business giving up that much for a player who was going to be a free agent the next offseason. Um, but for them to give up that huge haul uh, was kind of precedent setting in what it takes to get a superstar. Yeah. Uh, I'm- and, you know, yeah, the Kings, the, the reason why we're bringing this up especially is because it seems like Kings fans are, or King, the Kings also are in, um, are in a, a mindset right now where they're not willing to give up uh, Tyrese Halliburton or De'Aaron Fox for this trade. And I just kind of wonder if that's a realistic thing, if they really want to get the deal done. Yeah. It, to me, looking at this and then getting into the Paul George thing, uh, the, you know, the Paul George trade next uh, where a young player was given up, which is kind of reminiscent to, mm-hmm what Terry says. Yeah. I mean, it's, it depends on which way you look at it. I think it depends on at what point are the 76ers going to hit the panic button and say, okay, we're in the first week of the season maybe. And he hasn't showed up. And the best offer we have on the table is Sacramento. Maybe Sacramento tax on an extra first round pick. I think right now they're offering two, maybe they offer three or four. Does that move the needle? Cause I think it's pretty certain they're not going to give up Fox or, or Halliburton. Um, but as you said, Mello was, I think going to be a free agent that does change things a little bit. Uh, whereas Simmons is locked in for the next four seasons. Um, Paul George, his trade. Uh, I think he also was on the verge of becoming a free agent. Um, but he was moved in a deal that I think is kind of something that the 76ers are more looking for. This is funny though, because Gallinari is included in this one too. So Gallinari has been a part of some some big deals. Uh, back in July 2019, OKC sent Danilo. Or I'm sorry, um, this is a Clippers trade. Still, Gallinari, 
Shea Gilligas. And this is the part I don't agree with. I think it was six or seven first round picks. I don't agree with that part, but the fact that it took a very serviceable veteran at the time and Gallinari had a couple good years up until last year, um, Gallinari and then Shea Gilligas, who was coming off, I believe his rookie season where he averaged 10 a game. Um, I think he was all rookie first team kind of reminiscent of a Tyrese Halliburton season, uh, almost 50% from the field, 37% from three, three assists per game, a steal and a half kind of reminiscent. That might be more of what Phil is looking for, which is the multiple, multiple first round picks. Uh, a guy like Marvin Bagley, who is a veteran, but still kind of young. And then you look at a guy like Tyrese Halliburton, who you can kind of compare to the Shea Gilligas comparison where kid came in was very surprising. Uh, yeah. I, I just don't see, I just don't see it happening. And then the the seven round picks was disgusting. That's atrocious. Yeah. And part of that deal is also, I mean, there's, there's always outside circumstances, but the Clippers were adamant that they wanted to get Kawhi and Paul George. And so they had to do whatever it took to get those two together and so Sam Presti, from what I understand, literally just kept saying, like, another one, another one. Okay, we want to do it for another one. And just kept adding picks until... Emptied the clip. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, again, I don't think the Kings will be held over that much. But I think if they're going to continue to to say, if they're going to... I can see what... I see your face right now, and I feel like I know what you're reading. Um, I feel like... Uh, if the Kings are going to continue to offer Marvin Bagley and Buddy, they're going to have to throw on a lot of picks. And I don't know if people are ready for that. And I feel like, you know, you could easily soften that blow if you're just willing to part ways with, I mean, if, if they're willing to part ways with De'Aaron, I don't think it's insane to just say Ben for De'Aaron straight up and we don't want to do anything else. Yeah, um, uh, but if you're going to include Tyrese, then I think you can maybe just do healed and Tyrese, and maybe Bagley no picks. I I, I agree. Again, it's going to be something to watch and wait for it to unfold. Um, also, sorry, I know this Ben Simmons thing is exhausted, but like Philly's also kind of uh, on a time crunch here as well because they need to win. Like they can't just waste this season and not get any production out of Ben Simmons and or his, you know, what you get in return for him. Like if they're just going into the season into week two and Ben Simmons isn't playing and they're 500 because they just don't have anybody replacing this all star that they've been playing like that's going to be an issue for them and they're going to need to make a move at some point. Yeah, I, yeah, I I totally agree. Interesting when those when those two points come to a head when the Kings the, the Kings are just okay waiting. They might, they might, they might yeah. not. But um, hey, when that happens, we'll we'll be ready. The Kings are probably set for training camp that kicks off in a couple of weeks. Chris, do you have Gus Edwards in fantasy football? <laughs> That's what I knew you were reading. I could see it on your face. Yeah, like he just found out Gus Edwards is out for the season. He was my yeah. RB two, so <laughs> I'm in trouble. Uh, but hey, bad. We think we have a bad. That's the <laughs> third. The third Ravens running back. I think that's been out. Yes. Been out for the year. Yep. And then my other running back is Swift. And didn't you say today that Swift? Bro, you're lying. <laughs> you have. <laughs> 
You have just had the worst fantasy day in history. DeAndre Wait, is that got a yes? He he has a murder charge on it. But it says he has limitations on Sunday. I really didn't. Uh, DeAndre said murder charge, self defense. Read this for yourself and tell me wait, what you self defense. Like he was. I, I don't know. I'm I'm learning about this now. Okay. Should I read we'll, this we'll, for everybody, or we'll get into this off the pod. People don't. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Uh, Kings off season. We're getting near the end of it. Thanks for everybody who's been listening. Sorry, we're, things have been kind of boring. Yeah, I gotta go do some. I have to go make some moves <laughs> here. I'm a uh, God. Come on, man. Yeah, for Frankie Carlisle, I am Chris Watkins. Everybody, please make sure you have Adam Schefter's uh, Twitter notifications on. Damn it. All season, so you know if your quarterbacks are murderers. Yeah. Be on the lookout. Bye-bye. Thank you all for listening. Bye-bye.